This show is sponsored in part by Fairberry Furniture. Fairberry Furniture sells tons of the comfiest, most gorgeous, and most beloved brands of chairs, beds, couches, tables, and beyond. They've got loads of five-star reviews because everyone loves this place, and so will you. So when you finally decide you deserve a comfortable and beautiful home, head to Fairberry Furniture in, of course, Fairberry, Illinois. Hello and welcome to The Paul Garcia Show. I'm your host, Paul Garcia, and today I have the immense honor of talking to one of the most well-known individuals in the Fairbury Prairie Central area, legendary football coach, Brian Hassett. We're going to talk all about Brian and his career as a coach, his life before football, what he's learned through it all, and much, much more. If you enjoy this show but want more, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Paul Garcia, and for a few bucks a month, you can watch bonus footage from each and every episode, bonus episodes each and every month, and much, much more. This really helps support the show, and the exclusive content on this page is actually pretty awesome, if I do say so myself. So please, consider becoming a patron on patreon.com forward slash Paul Garcia, and thank you in advance. Be sure to follow the show on social media using the links provided in the show notes down below. Now, before we begin this episode, I need to tell you something very important. It's February, and that means Valentine's Day is right around the corner. That's why you need to call up Nature's Designs by Tiff in Fairbury, Illinois immediately to express your love and admiration for that special someone in your life. Nature's Designs by Tiff offers a beautiful selection of immaculate flowers and creates arrangements full of all of the holiday's most romantic flowers and colors that will be sure to make your lover melt. Their process is so simple and easy, you can literally call them right now at 815 815- 6923024 and order a bouquet of flowers with some chocolates, candy, stuffed animals or whatever it is that you want and then pay over the phone with ease and they will deliver it on Valentine's Day directly to your door or to the door of whomever you please. They're staffed and ready to be ultra busy on this big V-Day. So call them up now and show your loved one that you care. Call Nature's Designs by Tiff now to order your flowers for the big day at 815-692-3024. For Valentine's Day and for all of life's celebrations, go to Nature's Designs by Tiff in Fairbury, Illinois. Pause this video, call that number, and ensure that your Valentine's Day is done right. And be sure to tell them that the Paul Garcia Show sent you. All right, let's get on with the show. All right, Brian Hassett, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. I mean, when you called me last week, I've been jotting notes down and, and getting things ready. Uh, it's been a great, it was a great experience here at Prairie Central for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was only a matter of time before I was going to talk to you because you are literally one of the most well-known names in the Fairbury Prairie Central area. Uh, I want to start things off with, you know, you're known for your legendary football career. Has football always been a big part of your life? Always. Uh, I started playing junior football at age eight. Uh, I was a tight end, uh, defensive tackle. Then I played up through seventh grade year at Bradley Lions. And then my eighth grade year, we only had like 14 people. So my mom pulled the plug <laughs> and she said, nah, you're not playing. It's not safe. So over the summer, it was kind of up in the air if I was going to go to Bradley Bourbonnet or Bishop Mack, and I made shows, I chose to go to Bishop McNamara. So I played four years there. Uh, Bishop Mack won a state title in, in 82. I was a freshman, saw that, and I'm going to kind of tie these stories in with the uh, later on in the story. But um, my sophomore year, I played wide receiver and played in the varsity team. 
And my junior senior year, I played quarterback, and then in '85, we won a state championship. So I played for wow. 14 years. I mean, uh, uh, through high school, and then I had an opportunity to go uh, play college football at St. Joseph's College in Rensselaer, Indiana. Um, I started my last two seasons there, and then uh, started coaching in 1990. Wow! Right out of college, you started coaching? Yeah, I did. It was uh, I got a I didn't have a teaching gig, so um, I knew a guy up in the Crete Monee area, and I was I substitute taught for a year, huh. coached football up at Crete Monee uh, for one season. Um, it was one of my two zero and nine seasons. It was a, a it's something you'll never forget, but it was a great learning experience for me uh, doing that. You said you started coaching in 1990. How many years did you coach before you did eventually come to where you would spend most of your football coaching career at Prairie Central? I coached one year at Crete, and I went back to my alma mater, Bishop Mack. I was an assistant coach from 91 through 99. How did that go? I don't know much about the Bishop Mack time. Huh. That was a great experience. Uh we uh, we had some pretty good football teams uh, then. Um, we were playing the Chicago Catholic League, and we were one of the smallest schools in the league. And I think we won it two or three years. But uh, I've had an opportunity I, opportunity to coach NFL football players, uh, kids that played Notre Dame, NIU, Cincinnati, um, ISU, Northern Illinois. So Holy it was uh, it was a great experience coaching under Hall of Famer Rick Zanani, which I'll get into little bit later about him but uh and then in 98 actually 98 we got second in the state uh my last year at bishop mack i was assistant coach calling the offense so it was an outstanding experience and it was great to be back with two hall of fame coaches jim uh jim frog and rich Zanani and future hall of famer uh jack roney he'll get in here in the next couple of years Holy cow, though. So you were helping coach a team that did end up making it to the state finals. And like you said, I mean, it seemed like there was a lot of talent on that Bishop Mack team during the time you were there. Oh, absolutely. There was a ton of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Thomas Gwines played at the University of Michigan. He played in the league for a couple of years. And Taiwan Hagler is the Super Bowl champion with the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, so, my word. Uh, and I'm good friends with both those guys. We talk often. Uh Taiwan actually came up to Streeter, uh, my second or third there uh, year there, and he talked to our boys about you know dedication and here's what it takes to to play on the next level. So, um, ton of talent, ton of great people. Uh, my experience with Bishop McNamara as a player and a coach was uh, I'll, I'll I have seven years to retire, but you know what I'll, I'll do it all over again in a heartbeat. So it sounds like you kind of got your footing while you were at Bishop Mack. You had one year at that one school, didn't go so hot, and then you came here, and it seems like, yeah, you know, you got your wheels turning, you got your feet wet, and you figured things out a little more. Absolutely. Uh, my last four years at Mack, uh, I was the offensive coordinator and I coached the quarterbacks. Uh, we had some really good ones, um, and it's really easy to coach great athletes. Um <laughs> Ones that play in the NFL, ones that played uh, Jimmy Johnny Short started uh, Ball State for two years. Um, Lee Lafayette played at the University of Notre Dame, so it was a pretty easy gig. Uh, it was a lot <laughs> of expectations. Uh, one story, real quick, about that is I remember in 1997 we beat Providence Catholic uh, to break their 50 uh, 50 game win streak. Um, the year before that, they had a scout report about that thick under my door, my mm-hmm. office door, because that's where they dressed. 
And so I'm like, you know what? We probably better prepare a little bit more uh, here on the road. So Coach Zidane uh, gave me the opportunity to uh, game plan, offense, defense. Um, so it was an outstanding experience. And uh, to learn from one of the best in the state of Illinois was uh, outstanding. He's really, he's a father figure to me. I kind of want to ask this. It, I think this is more the case in football, perhaps in any other sport. Why are parochial schools, you know, those Catholic schools, why do they tend to be kind of the most dominant teams? Uh, they can so-called recruit. I mean, I've been on both parts of it. Yeah. You know, being at Mac as a player and, and as a coach, um, a lot of those programs, for example, like Sacred Heart Griffin, um, Bishop McNamara, uh, some of the uh, schools, smaller schools in not the Catholic League area, Chicago Catholic League, a lot of those schools don't have to recruit because the recruiting is is how they play. Bishop McNamara's mm. won five state championships. Sacred Heart Griffin's won six or seven. So, yeah, people start pl- to come for the reputation. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I played during the area era in the eighties where Bishop McNamara was the team in the cat in the Kanky area. So uh, it was kind of a no brainer for me to go there. All right. So you were there for quite a few years. how did you end up here at Prairie Central? Well, that's a great question. I got a real <laughs> nice story about this. Uh, I'm coaching. I'm the head baseball coach at Bishop Mack, and I'm assistant athletic director. So I'm sitting in Coach Danny's office. It's probably about ten o'clock. On a Tuesday, and uh, he's on the phone with Bruce Payne. Bruce Payne's the AD from uh, Prairie Central at the time. Prairie Central was looking for a head coach. They just released, uh, let the head coach go prior, and Bruce asked Coach Zidane, Rich Zidane, hey, uh, do you know any young kids that would be willing to, that would want to be a head coach? And I'm sitting right there, and he kind of looks at me because he has it on speaker, and I'm like, he's like, yeah, sure, I got a boy right, I got a guy right here in front of me, Brian Hassett. And then so Bruce like, oh, Brian Hesse played in the 80s, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I just want to say a little backstory on that. At Prairie Central, the year before uh, they, or the year that they gave you this call, they had just let a coach go and their team had just gone 0-9. And I think they might have had that kind of record for a few years prior to that. So what I'm saying is Prairie Central was not a good team by anyone's standards at that time. They were 1-8 uh, and eight and 0-9. And I researched all of it after I talked to Coach. And uh, <laughs> I was ready. Um, and so uh, I, I came down and interviewed, and it was an outstanding interview. Um, I interviewed with Dan Schmidt. Uh, I've heard nothing but great things about Dan and Schmidt. And then Bruce Payne interviewed me. Uh, and so I'm sitting there in the interview, and they liked what they saw. My portfolio was nice. So. I'm getting ready to leave, and they want to take me around the facility. And that time, the facility was just okay. It's a heck of a lot better now than it was back in 1999. Um, so I walk around, and and so uh, Dan Schmidt goes, "Hey, uh, we're gonna offer you the job." I'm like, oh, "Okay, I'm I'm gonna call my, you know, I'm gonna go home t- talk to my wife." No, no, Brian, you have you, I need to know right now, <laughs> right now, if you're gonna take this job. And I'm like, "Well, can I call my wife?" So. My wife, who's, uh, you know, uh, nine months pregnant with my son, Nicholas, uh, is at home. And I call her and I go, <laughs> I go, uh, hey, uh, they just offered me a job. And they need to know now. She's like, well, what do you think? So we t- I talked about it. So I accepted the job. D- Dr. Pogue was the superintendent there then. And I met him 
when I when I came to meet the boys, um, and he's like, you know, Brian, I know of you, and I'm like, oh boy, what does Doctor Pogue know about me? He goes, I'm an official. I've done many Bishop McNamara games with you on mm. the sideline. I'm just going to be watching you. I know those Catholic boys and Coach Zanani, you know. So it was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I was just honored to, you know, to take over a program that had been struggling. And I knew it was the time, Paul. I knew it was the time for me to take the head football job somewhere. And I thought to myself, you know what? If it doesn't work out, then it wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. However, um, there's nowhere else to go but up. Right. And I knew my football. I was prepared um, while being assistant under Coach Zanani and playing for him and going to clinics and learning stuff. And, and the networking in this business is unbelievable. We'll get, that, get into that a little bit later. But um, I knew there was nowhere else to go. And I knew I was a good football coach. And I, and I knew how to do it right. Mm-hmm. You, you must have been excited then. Oh, I was fired up. Yeah. I was fired up. I was 31 years old and I was working out still. So I'd come and work out with the kids. And, you know, we came, we did, we did camp all summer. And, um, you know, we, we coached football. You know, it wasn't about conditioning, it wasn't about running. It was about learning how to block and tackle, learn the scheme that we're going to run. And we've had multiple schemes since then. But uh, I, was, I was fired up. What were your immediate first impressions of Prairie Central, both the town of Fairbury, the high school itself, and then the students and the culture here? I, I really didn't know what I was getting into, um, per se. Um, I had taught at a public school at Crete Moni, and it was a diverse group. Mm-hmm. Um, like ethnically great, diverse? Yeah, great, it was great athletes. Um, going back to Bishop Mac, the coach, it was just, it was, it was an honor to be there, but coming here, I knew there was athletes. I talked to coach Posey. I talked to coach Cliff. Uh, I talked to coach Payne. Oh, coach Cliff was here when you yeah. came. Yeah. yeah. Coach Cliff was, uh, he was here for a couple years before I got here. So after talking to coach Payne and those two, co- and uh, coach Cliff and coach Posey, there's athletes here. We just got to get them out. We got to get them out for football and we got to coach them up. I, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew one thing for sure, Paul, that, that we were going to be prepared. We we're going to be prepared on the field to play football. Mm. May not have been in great shape, you know, may not have had great speed, but you know what? If we we're going to run against a uh, team running an eye formation, I'm prepared. So I knew our kids were going to be prepared for sure. This show is sponsored by Forest Edge Tree Service. Mother Nature's vicious storms can be a pain to deal with when it comes to your home and property, especially here in the Midwest. Strong winds lead to downed limbs and power lines and massive damage to your home, car, and land. This is why you need to hire the services of Forest Edge Tree Service. No job is too big, no job is too small. If you have trees you want gone, give Joe Rudin at Forest Edge Tree Service a call or text at 815-615-3037 to get a free, yes, free quote today. Forest Edge Tree Service is fully insured and staffed with trained professionals who use cutting-edge equipment to get the job done right. Make your property safe and beautiful with a tree service that you can trust. These pros take pride in their attention to detail, their cleanup, and their relationships with customers, which is why they are Livingston County's premier tree service provider. 
Avoid all the headaches of unplanned downed trees. Be a responsible adult and call or text Joe Rudin with Forest Edge Tree Service at 815-615-3037 to remove that looming tree today. Forest Edge Tree Service, Livingston County's premier tree service provider. You came to Prairie Central right after they had had an 0-9 season in 1998, I believe. Mm -hmm. You came in 99. How did that first season go? And I'll just leave it at that. How did that first season go? How did you feel about everything? First season went great. Um, We go into doubles. Back then, you could have two practices a day. So we were going uh, like 9 to 11 in the morning. And then we were going like 5 to 4 to 6 or something. It was something goofy like that. You know, we conditioned when we needed to condition. We played fast between the lines. And prior years, like from what I understand, they practiced from like 8 to 10, 10 to noon, and they came back and did uh, plyometrics and conditioning at night. And they're like, well, Coach, we only have two practices? I'm, yeah. I said, I'm teaching the I formation. I'm teaching the 4-3 defense. Did you guys learn that today? Yeah. I said, well, then I've done my job. You know, so um, – we we ended up seven and two our first year. Oh uh, my gosh, what was, a turnaround! It was awesome. Uh, we had a lot of great football players. We had a lot of tough, hard nosed kids, and I'll talk a little bit about them uh, individually here in a little bit. But uh, you know what? It was a stepping stone. It was uh, we lost. I think we lost to Muhammad and Pontiac uh, in my first year in the conference. So I'm sure the students and the faculty were just like they were probably so excited to see the football team all of a sudden doing well and being competitive how did that feel for you it was awesome um because the season starts with football cross country golf and people go to the game on friday night mm-hmm. whether it's to see the football game watch the band at halftime or both so when the seasons i've learned this over a period of time when the season starts well for the football team the school year's a little bit better. Absolutely. It's a humongous part of the morale of the school, yeah, I'd absolutely. say, the football so, team. Um, I mentioned earlier I was traveling back and forth, commuting from Bourbonnais. That got old. I ended up staying a few nights, Friday nights at Coach Cliff's house after games. <laughs> um, but, you know, we had films on Saturday, and then I'd go home to see my family uh, on the weekend. But um, it was awesome. It was awesome. There's no other way to put it. You took a team that was, for the most part, pitied and made them a team that was, for the most part, feared. Simple question, how'd you do it? What were you doing that was making Prairie Central uh, a good football team? Surrounding yourself with good people. My my first year, um, I inherited my staff. They were great, great men, good people. Mr. Cushing, Coach Cliff did the freshman uh, uh Football team, Tim Deaver was on staff. Pete Severson was on staff. Jed Diller was on staff, which I'll get to Jed in a little bit here. Just coach them up and get the kids to believe. Um, you know, I, I have a saying over here I wrote down is prepare to win, uh, play to win, expect to win. It's on the back of all the playoff sweatshirts, playoff T-shirts. And it got that, – that actually started probably about 91, 90 – or 80, 02, 01 – Oh three, somewhere in that area, wouldn't you know what we were expected to win? You know, um, the conference knew who Prairie Central was mm-hmm. and knew the type of players we had. Tough, hard nose, get after it. Um, 
so that first year I, I coached offense, defense, special teams, and uh, it was it was great. And then uh, as time went by, I was I was um, able to get some Hall of Famers on my staff, and we'll talk about those guys in a minute. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like you were totally invested. You were all in. If you were running all the teams, I mean, that takes an awful lot of work. And I'm sure the kids had to see that, and they surely respected it. And then when you respect a coach, you want to play hard for that coach. Absolutely. Everyone knows that. Yep. So you came in 99, but arguably the best days of PC were yet to come in just a few years. It's, it was kind of an upward trend from 99 to 03 when Prairie Central would eventually go on to make the state finals. Mm-hmm. I want to ask, what was it like from your perspective to experience this whole town of Fairbury coming together and getting excited? Because, I mean, there's no that is exactly what happened. I've watched the VHS tapes from 03. The Tyler and all over Prairie Central. Fairbury, all the towns are celebrating. Chenoa, Forest, they're all having fun. The Hawks are into the Final Four. When Brian Hassett took over the Prairie Central Hawks, Prairie Central was one of the worst football programs in the state. But now, under Hassett's direction, the Hawks are a perennial power in the Class 4A playoff. I have no other philosophy than that. Is prepare our kids, get them to believe in what you're doing. And uh, I think I've done that. And... Uh, you know, I got a lot of support from our junior football program, which started, you know, what, eight, ten years ago. So I guess a combination of uh, getting everybody to believe and preparation. Coach Hassett gives all the credit to his players and coaches in the communities here that have turned football around at Prairie Central, but the current Hawks give all the credit to Coach Hassett. Comes down to 48 minutes, all right? And it's dominating 48. He's probably the best thing that's happened to Prairie Central football, and he came around brought us to the playoff. He's enthusiastic. He's he knows what he's talking about and he's just he's fun to be be around. Team it's a team effort. It's three it's three levels. It's offense, defense, special teams. He just cares about every player out here and he just he gets the best out of you and he's always willing to put in time. Coach Hassett in charge. The Hawks are in the final four and four A for the second time in four years. The Hawks players would love to get two more wins and give their coach a much-deserved state title. Team on three, one, two, three, ten. And it was, it was almost sad for me to watch because I graduated in 16. It was almost sad to watch because that's unlike anything I've ever experienced. I, I just had to watch it on VHS tapes. Right. So what was that like for you to, to ex- just experience it's, that? You know, it was something that I had visions. And... Uh, Dan Schmidt, he uh, let me hire some great coaches. Derek Leonard was on my staff for two years. He's won nine state championships out of 15 years. I had Matt Fox. He's at Bradley Bourbonnet. He's probably a future Hall of Famer as an assistant coach. Um, Jed Diller uh, was all in. Grew up in Chatsworth. And, uh, you know, I knew I had a great staff there for a couple, three, four years, five, six years. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was just one of those things that, um, you have to surround yourself with good people. You have to trust those, those men and they have to trust you back. And for a long time, that was the case. So the community was all in, um, uh, Jed and Millie, uh, Jim and Millie Diller, uh, bought spaghetti dinner for us at Benchwarmers. We went every Wednesday, Dave Johansson, we did a golf finding with, uh, with the golf team and Coach Cliff. Um, 
you know, the, the, it was awesome. It was, it was great to be part of because I built this, but it was more like we built this, you know, um, my staff, uh, administration, um, you know, my wife helped tremendously just being a great coach's wife. I remember seeing that news anchor following your team in, I think, 06. I, it was with WHOI. Mm-hmm. I forget his name. Man, those are on YouTube now, and those were so fun to watch. Yeah, Donnie Tillman. Donnie Tillman was one of them, and Jim Matson was the other guy that did that. Yeah, so they, they did a great job following us, for sure. This show is sponsored by Iroquois Farmers State Bank. If you're a farmer, you likely understand the frustration that comes with dealing with banks that just don't understand the financial aspects of farming or farming in general. That's why you need to be doing your banking with Iroquois Farmers State Bank. This bank prides itself on its relationships with farmers, and it has been for over a century. Their current ag loan lender is Zachary Meister, and he understands the financial aspects of farming because he grew up immersed in it in the farming community of Fairbury, Illinois. So for all your farming financial needs, from operating lines to farmland loans, you need to call up Iroquois Farmers State Bank at 815-265-4707. Serving farmers for over 100 years. Through the Great Depression, through World War II, this has always been a bank that farmers can and do trust. Iroquois Farmers State Bank. Be sure to let them know that you heard about them on the Paul Garcia Show. So let's talk about the year that you made it to the state finals with Prairie Central. That had never happened in Prairie Central football history, and it was beyond exciting. I was so small at that time, but I want to say that I can remember the morale of the town being high, excitement being high, and everyone talking about this game you had with Addison Driscoll, I believe, is who it was. So 2003, you have an undefeated season, I believe, and you make it to the state finals. Talk to me about what that was like. We'd been in the playoffs in 99 and uh, 00, 2000. Did make it. We were three and six in 01. But 02 was kind of the kind of the year. Those guys were juniors that year. And I'm going to go. And I talked to a guy from Pontiac the other day. I said uh, we played a Pontiac, and that was in 2002. And that was that was the game where you know what? Jake Cunningham, Aaron Vote, Buck Casson, they had to play the whole game against Prairie Central. And you know what? I kind of t- I got to know these guys really well after uh, they graduated, and I told them this. I said, you know what? After the game, I saw it in your eyes. I said, I just I just saw something that hey, Prairie Central's got it going on. This this they're going to be a problem here in the next couple of years. So when I when I saw that in their eyes, and I never really talked to many people. But I talked to Coach Leonard and Coach Fox about it the year the next year, but I knew then we we had something special going on. We had a great good incoming um, senior class. We had a great incoming junior class. Um, and uh, it kind of started there. So we sit down early June and we get this offensive game plan in. And I, I've seen a lot. I've coached everything but the wishbone and wing tee. Those, those are two offenses that I have not been a part of. But, we, you know, Derek Leonard had this mind where, hey, uh, we're, what's, hey let's put all this stuff in. We'll see what it looks like. You know, we got Dylan Ward coming up. We got some outstanding receivers. We got some pretty good running backs coming up. And so let's take a look. And I'm like, all right. So go through the summer, first week or so of 2003. And uh, 
you know, it's going okay. You know, I knew our defense was solid. We had some great defensive players. It was a great combination of wrestling. The junior class was wrestler with Luke Taylor and Michael Kilgus, Caleb Rathman. I'm going to miss a couple. Brian Hildensberger. And then we had the we had the senior class with the basketball players, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Ward and Barsama and uh, Nathan Winger and uh, – The receivers and in the corner. Danny Meese. Yeah. But I knew. I knew after that pineapple game, I knew something special was going on. So we go to St. We play St. Joe Ogden. I think we play him at home, and we tried to run the ball. Man, we just couldn't run the ball, Paul. We just couldn't run it. Uh, I think Jason Elliott was Jason Elliott was a little banged up. Um, Luke Taylor wasn't quite a hundred percent. We win twenty seven fourteen. It was a good game, and so we get on the bus ride home, and Derek's like, "Something's not right, man. Something just we got to do something different." And I'm like, "All right, what's this guy talking about? You know, what's he? What do you mean?" Well, let's sleep on it, and we'll meet tomorrow. All right, mm-hmm. so we we went and had films in the morning, and he goes, hey, I talked to my dad last night. I'm like, all right, what, what are you saying? He goes, hey, you want to win a state championship? I'm like, yes, Derek. <laughs> I want to win a state championship. He goes, we got to go empty. He goes, we can do it. He goes, our defense is good enough. I'm like, Okay. So we sit in the office and we're like, man, what do we got to do? So we call Derek, we get on the phone, Derek calls his dad and he goes, hey, uh, I'm going to give you Otto Zeman's number. Otto Zeman was head coach of Riverside Brookfield and they were running empty and scoring 50 points a game. They had some future division one quarterbacks. Um, so I'm like, are you sure about this? He's like, yeah, we need to do this. So we, we call, we call him on speakerphone and He's like, well, here's what we got to do. We're going to use his wristbands, and we're going to do everything verbal, and we're just going to hurry up, and we're going to put this quarterback eight yards behind the center, and that means that they can't they can't touch the center. I'm like, man, this is some shady stuff. And so I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll try it. We'll try it. And this is a 23-year-old kid that is a future Hall of Famer and has won more state championships than most anybody in the state of Illinois. But anyway. Um, this is that's who's telling you to do this stuff. That's he's his, on the phone with his dad. Yeah, but he's on he's on the phone with his dad, which I trust and good friends with now too. Mm-hmm. All right, so so that, that about three o'clock in the afternoon, we're sitting in the school office, and we called. I called Dylan. I said, "Hey, Dylan, come on over. We gotta talk." He and uh, and uh, and I go, "Hey, oh, we're gonna go five wide empty." He goes, "What well, like Riverside Brookfield's doing?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "I'm in." <laughs> All right, so. So that started the 2003 season, um, and, and there's a lot more stories. One of my great friends, Dave Jacobs, was the head coach at Rochester. They just built the program. Um, he's a, he's one of my best friends, and we go to play them week two, and they're playing. They're coming here, hmm. so we come out in this spread offense, and our linemen are holding hands when the ball snapped. They can let go, and all of a sudden. Him and Ryan Tuzik's a good friend of mine too. He's a D, D coordinator, and we're running empty. And all of a sudden, I look across the field. And he's going, mm. and I'm mm. like, we had to change. I said after the game, he goes, uh, "Great idea." He goes, "You guys won't be stopped all year." And uh, so that was week two, and then it just it just kind of snowballed from there. It was uh, we had great talent, offense, defense, special teams. It was just phenomenal. Talk about the team, though, the team itself, the players. What were they like? What made them unique? Because these are some names that have, you know, kind of stayed 
in the air here in Fairbury. You know, people know Will Barsama, Dylan Ward, of course, um, Rathmans, Luke Taylor. I know Luke Taylor personally, and I could go on. What was special about those guys? You know what? It was kind of it was uh, one of the most unique um, mix of student athletes I've ever coached because. The, the senior class was basketball players, like I mentioned. The, the junior class was wrestlers. I mean, tough, hard-nosed kids. And we kind of mixed, but didn't kind of mix, if that makes sense. Yeah. But uh, they they both knew and trusted me and coaches, uh, Coach Leonard and Coach Fox, about, and Coach Diller, um, this is what's best for the team. This is what we're going to do. So, man, it's our defense was awesome. Curtis Bunch, Kevin Steiger, Brian Hillsberger. I mean, the Kilgases and Michael Kilgus and, and and Luke and Caleb playing linebacker. And uh and Dustin Stevens. I mean, you go on and on. There's there's great kids. Barsma played safety. Uh but it, it was it was unique in a very odd way. <laughs> but they knew what we had to do to win. And they were bought in. They were probably bought in from about 2001 on when we did make the playoffs two out of three years. But to do it on the field and score 50 points a game and return kicks for touchdowns and punts for touchdowns, Nathan Winger, one of the greatest returns I've ever coached. Um, it's It was just an amazing, amazing year. And, you know, we go 9-0 and, uh, you know, make a hell of a run in the playoffs and, you know, it was just, it was unbelievable. Well, maybe now we can kind of talk about some of the wisdom that you've gained from coaching, from your years of coaching. And I'm sure you've got a lot of it, you know? Right. What's maybe one of the most valuable lessons that you've learned during your time here at PC or your time anywhere? Yes, surround yourself with good people. You can say that in any business, but in coaching is, is, is huge because especially coaching football, there's so much preparation for the Friday night game or the Saturday afternoon game. You got to trust, you got to trust people and they got to trust you. And if you do that, you're going to have success. Something I've heard that I think is very, very true and that I've applied to my own life. And it's been great. And it was a great idea doing that is that we're the average of the five people we hang out with most. I think you were surrounded by great guys on this coaching staff, and therefore the players were surrounded with you know multiple great guys, and I think right. that's just a positive feedback loop. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Paul. Um, I've coached with a lot of great men, great Christian men, uh, and uh, they may be a better person. I, I think I remember seeing you guys pray before games. Is that correct or is that not yeah, correct? Yeah, we did that. It was kind of a unofficial. Um, we're going to do a moment of silence. I said a prayer myself. We didn't do it aloud. Hmm. I, I will say that we did start FCA up. Alan Dunahy, myself, Mr. Willie. So a lot of those guys were Good men right there you just named. Those I guys love those were guys. A, a part of that. And, uh, yeah, it was it – was, it, I would say probably happened maybe around 04, 05, 06, but there's another story for that. Yeah. All right. Well, this is a part that I'm very excited to talk about here. Spare no details. Do you have some favorite coaching memories, specifically maybe from your time here at PC? Oh, yeah. Um, we talked about the 03 season. 
unreal. Luke Taylor and Russell Taylor brothers. They both they played in two different years, but one of those uh, we're playing Cole City at Cole City in the playoffs in 03. <laughs> so Luke, you know, he gets dinged up a little bit. Um, He's a he, phenomenal wrestler, state finalist. He would uh, at this point in time with concussions, he probably wouldn't have back went back in the game. But Luke uh, was kind of a tough, hard nosed kid. So he walks into the Cole City huddle. Cole City players turn him around. <laughs> he starts walking to our huddle, and at that point in time, the trainer says, "Well, you better come off the field." He right, went so, to the wrong huddle. They're like yeah, green, aren't they? He's he was like, a little dinged up. <laughs> That's uh, but that was one of a couple concussions Luke had. Uh, well, two plays later, uh, he was okay. He ran a 65-yard touchdown run, sealed the deal in the game. Uh, we played Bishop McNamara Catholic High School in 2004 uh, as a home game. Um, in the playoffs, week one, around one of the playoffs, we beat them 17-14. That was, that was awesome. I was able to, I was able to scheme against my mentor, mm-hmm. you know, and we had a heck of a game that day. 2005, we were played Central Catholic twice. We ended up playing Central Catholic at home, lost in overtime. And uh, they had Josh Brent, who played in the NFL. They had Michael Holman Awanui, who played in the NFL. Oh, that's right. I know that name. uh, We we played them at home, and we lost in overtime. So we get them uh, in 2005, third round of the playoffs. Um, And so we we got to – Scheme against Josh Brent and Michael Holman Aonui. We so I I met with Coach Leonard and on a weekend and I said, hey, what do we got to do, man? What what do we got to do to beat these guys? Because we lost in overtime. We played them down there, so we sat down to normal for about an hour. And he goes, here's what you got to do. You're gonna run at Michael Holman Aonui, and you're you're not gonna block Josh Brent. I'm like, okay, so we need to run some option slash shovel pass. He goes, yep. So we end up losing that game. Michael Holman, I knew he caught the ball over four of our guys. Um, and at, at that time, um, that group of guys were juniors, Louis Gross and uh, Jared Coleman and Ben Hur and Brent Mowry. And mm-hmm. um, you kind of saw it in their eyes there like, man, this sucks. Mm-hmm. So we're going to. In 2016, um, yeah, we have to take a break. All right. We're back after right. a quick little break. You Here got you go. another memory from uh, around 2016. Yeah, uh, 20, uh, 20, uh, 2006. So oh. 016. Um, so we get we get beaten uh, in the quarterfinals, second round. And here's the group of guys that – Made the six team happen. Hmm. Phil Short. Can't do it. It's all good. Take your time. Take your time. Brent Mowry, JT Zimmerman, Louis Gross, Jared Coleman, Alex Diller, Jimmy Hildensberger, Ventura Rios. Man, Ben Hur, man, I had ten captains, um, and they were awesome. They were juniors that year. We got beat, and I knew I knew something was special about them. So we go into the um, summer of '06. Um, we have a special group of young men. Um, 
And I had a Hall of Famer, Kirk Brandenburg, on my staff as well. He was an offensive defense corner. He did a great job for us getting our kids in the weight room. And these guys, these guys never missed. They never missed. And they just, they just got it done. So we go into the offseason. This summer, summer program. Um, my wife's pregnant. And about mid-March, we go to the doctor, and they say, hey, something's wrong, something's wrong. And I'm like, all right. So uh, we need a specialist about, it was Labor Day weekend, oh, Memorial Day weekend, it was Friday Memorial Day weekend, and uh, they, we found out that uh, the baby had uh, trimester 13 and the whole yoprosensephaly. So basically, Rebecca had a hole in her heart. And her brain. Hmm. So I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm sitting there in this meeting with this doctor, the specialist in Peoria. And I look over in that doctor. And I'm like, God, that guy looks familiar, man. And, uh, and I, all I'm thinking is, man, he looks like the head coach for Muhammad. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I didn't like him very much. So that was kind of the kickoff to the summer. So we go to team camp. Uh, we're on a Christian campus. And these kids really knew that something, my wife was pregnant, but they really didn't know. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting in the middle of campus, and I, had, I, I told them what happened. And it was cool. It was cool. It was great. Because they were like sons to me. Mm. And uh, and this is at 016. This is 2006. This is summer 2006. So, and then, then after the camp, we had a great summer. Everybody was healthy going in. We played Muhammad week one. And I, and I told him before the game, I said, you know, remember I told you about it at Olivet? I said, what, what happened with Rebecca Ray and... And I said, you know, I didn't tell you that the doctor reminded me of the head coach from Muhammad, and I don't like him very much. And they were like, we got you, coach. We got you. So we play Muhammad. It's 100 degrees out, and we're kicking their tail, man. We're, kick, actually, we're kicking their ass, and it's it's good feeling. We were on a little run there kicking their ass. So um, so halftime, we stay out because it's like 110 degrees in their field house. And so we're sitting out there, and – and Coach B's, you know, Coach B's giving JT the business, and it was he needed it. <laughs> okay, so uh, so we ended up. Whooping, I mean, we whooped them. We whooped them pretty good. But that that was a special year, man. We had we had a, an outstanding football team. Um, man, that that year had to have an emotional. You, you have was. to have some emotional ties to that year and that team. And you know, we kind of was set off the uh, off the air. You know, God does things for a reason, and we were closer as a family, closer with these kids. You know, Paul. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yep, it was an awesome, awesome year. Um, we ended up uh, winning the when the conference when I defeated, met up with Addison Driscoll again at home. And uh, they got the best of us, 
Um, but that was that was an outstanding year. Awesome, awesome. Well, something I love to do on this show, and the people listening love when it happens as well, is name dropping. So I'd like to ask no. you. Can you think of some of the kids that you coached that were just extraordinary that maybe stick out in your mind when you think back? This episode is sponsored by PSF Legacy Jiu-Jitsu in Normal, Illinois. PSF Legacy Jiu-Jitsu helps people like you and me to develop extreme discipline, mental and physical toughness, and elite-level combative and defensive techniques. Learn submissions, learn takedowns, and learn what to do when a fight hits the ground, all while getting into the best shape of your life at PSF Legacy Jiu-Jitsu in Normal, Illinois. Absolutely anyone can enroll here. It's so welcoming, the education is great, and the owner and coach, Jared Game, is a great man who I've had on the show. Jiu-Jitsu is fun, intense, promotes good health, and builds confidence like you would not believe. It's about time you learn how to do it. Shoot them a message on Facebook at PSF Legacy Jiu-Jitsu or give them a call at 217-637-4699. PSF Legacy Jiu-Jitsu is located at 1314 Fort Jesse Road in Normal, Illinois. I personally love this place and I've trained here many, many times. PSF Legacy Jiu-Jitsu. Let them know that the Paul Garcia show sent you. I coach a lot of brothers. Mm. So the first year was Derek Stevens. Coach his brother, Dustin. Two great, great football players. Uh, Russell and Luke Taylor. Kind of told some stories about Luke. Russell scored six touchdowns on six rushes in one game against Luther South. Um, Jimmy and Charlie Hostelton, they were my first and third year. Uh, Charlie's a local guy, obviously, with varsity screen print. The Dillers, Alex and uh, A.J. Diller, they were able to play for their dad, Jed, and they were – A.J. was a center in 03, not a bad snap, not one. Uh, A.J. was a center in 06, in the gun, not a bad snap. So it was an honor to have them. Uh, Jed is a good friend of mine. He introduced me to uh, NASCAR. We went over to India a couple of times, but that's for a different show. Um <laughs> The Ziggenhorns, Shane and DJ, Mike and Matt Kilgus. Matt played my first year in 99. Obviously, Michael was the same year as Luke. You say Matt Kilgus? Matt Kilgus played for the me. The co-owner of Kilgus yes. Farmstead? He played. He one. said to say hi, by the way. I forgot yeah. to tell you. He played one corner, and Mike Winnegar, our former neighbors, played the other corner. So I coached Mike and, and Nick Winnegar. Uh, Brenton Chase Mowry. I mean, what can you say? Uh, two great, uh, great men. Chase, oh, uh, he's a man. A quick story about Brent. Uh, he tore his ACL his sophomore year. He was our best running back in the program, like the best. Uh, tore his ACL. So he made this transition to offensive defensive, offensive line and, um, and linebacker. He was one of the best we've ever had. But he, was a, he, was, he couldn't play running back anymore because he had that knee injury. So uh, Chase played running back, wrestled. You had him on your show. Mm-hmm. Great men. Jimmy and Brian Hildensburg, what can I say? Jimmy played uh, at Occidental. Uh, he's doing great. Uh, Brian played uh, his junior year. Um, I hope Brian's doing well. Uh, the Peters, all three, Justin, Corey, and Jeremy. I coached all of them. Um, da- John and Dane Fricky. I was good friends with Mike. Um, and that whole group, that whole group from 06, I mentioned some of their names. Oh, yeah. Brad and Kyle Moody. I mean, back-to-back years. Great, great football players, hardworking young men, Aaron and Caleb Rathman. And I got a great Caleb Rathman story for you. We're playing in 2002, 2002 playoff game at Williamsburg-Latham. We had to stop the fullback. 
And Michael and Caleb both played middle linebacker. And I, and I said, all right, we have to stop the fullback. So the fullback had about 10 rushes or about 50 yards in the first half. So I'm not real happy. So we're coming off the, coming off the sideline. And it's kind of one of those things, Paul, where, you know, I got my arm around him. Caleb is a sophomore. Yeah, I'm doing one of these right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Caleb, I said uh, pregame, what do we got to do? He goes, we got to stop the fullback, coach. I'm like, um, I said, you need to fill the F and A gap, Caleb. He's like, yes, coach. It wasn't effing probably, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so he's like, yes, coach. I think he had 10 carries for minus four yards in the second half. Um, so those young men did wow. their job. Uh, Aaron Rathbun uh, had a couple of knee injuries. Uh, I remember the last time he carried the ball his senior year. He came off and gave me a hug, and they're both great men. Married, have children now. And then I'll, I'll, I'll go back to uh, Trent and Addison Bounds. I had both those guys, and, and they were two years apart. Trent played running back, was one of the best running backs I've ever coached. Mm-hmm. Uh, would run through that brick wall behind you, Paul. Uh, and Addison was a three-year starter, three-year all-conference, three-year all-state. Played at Eastern Illinois, um, started at tight end there. Had some great memories with them. And Dylan Ward. Woo. Yeah, that's a big name. Player. Clutch. Yeah, he was really excited that Saturday we met with him. And he threw for like 4,600 yards and like 58 touchdowns. Kick a 50-yard field goal and punt the ball 50 yards in the air. Um, The best athlete to ever come through Prairie Central, all-state football, basketball, and baseball. There's nobody up there on the board. Nobody. Um. Tremendous kid, tremendous young man, has a family now, married, was invited to his wedding. Man, he was good. He was real good. And a good person. And a, and a good young man now with a family. Curtis Bunch, wow. You talk about I saw the hardest hit live ever in 2003. <laughs> um, uh, he, he, Nat Mord, swirled the kid. Um I've talked to Coach Onsen after that. Um, I asked him how that boy was doing. He's now a grown-ass man. He's doing great. Actually, he's a doctor. So that concussion was okay. Um, But he was the best defensive lineman I've coached since Thomas Gwines, who played in the NFL. He was at Bishop Mack. I coached a lot of great, great young men that grew up to be men. And that's, that's huge. That's huge in our business. And the coaching business, teaching business, they made me who I am, those men. So you've experienced an awful lot, and you've learned an awful lot in your coaching career. Yes, sir. Uh, what what advice would you give to someone who's just now starting their coaching career, specifically in football, but maybe for any sport? Go back to surround yourself with good people, and you got to prepare. Go. You got to prepare. You got and football especially. It, it it it's more. There's more to it now than there was, I think, as far as the weight room, weight training. Uh, preparation on huddle, go to clinics. Networking is huge. I have probably, oh, I'd say about 800 coaches on my phone and my contacts, and I'm on Facebook with a bunch of them and Twitter with a bunch more. Um, And some of my great friends 
uh, are coaches, and you, you have to pick their brain. Um, you know, I the last couple, uh, not this past spring, but the last couple of springs, I've been, I've been able to go down and uh, work Derek Leonard's quarterback camp, and Kenny, his dad, hosted the Sacred Heart Griffin. So, I mean, I always lean on those guys. I always lean on Coach Zinani and Coach Leonard's, and um, it, it, it's just you got to surround yourself with good people, and you have to trust people, and they have to trust you back. I love that's, it. That is that is uh, one thing I've learned. Um, you have to delegate authority. Uh, it took me a couple years to do that. <laughs> what? Nothing. No, wait, are you going to say something or is that it? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I love what you said there. I mean, surround yourself with great people and then you can all you can learn from from everyone. Everyone can teach you something. Everyone's your superior in some way, shape, or form, and you can learn from them in that way. Absolutely. I mean, networking, like you said, is great. I mean, yeah, geez, just pick people's brains that are better than you at something, and you're going to go far. Right. I think that's great. Absolutely. So trust people, and they have to trust you. If you woke up tomorrow, and the year was 1999, you went through time, you woke up, Looked at the calendar, 1999. You're about to start your first day as a Prairie Central head coach. Would you? What's something that you would be sure to do differently, or just make sure that you did better? Just one thing. Man, that's a great question. Um, you know what? I probably wouldn't do much different. To be honest, um, I was fortunate to take over a program that wasn't very good and made them pretty good. I was fortunate to get the resources from admin to get coaches like Matt Fox, Derek Leonard, Kirk Brandenburg, Dan Gross. So um, I probably, you know what, honestly, I would probably would have bought this house instead of buying a house on Elm Street. That would probably be the one thing that I would probably do different. <laughs> And my wife would agree with that 100%. <laughs> no, but I, I uh, as I look back, it was pretty good. And I enjoyed the hell out of it. I think most people will agree that behind every great person is a whole lot of great people. Who were maybe, and this might be a tough question, but who were some of the most influential people you think looking back? Oh, man. Influential uh, for your success, for the good things that, you became and everything. I like started with my parents. Uh, they followed me everywhere where I was playing, coaching. Um, um, you know, they're good people. My brother, Kevin, um, my alma mater, where I played and coached or played and coached for Rich Zanani. I've mentioned his name a hundred times in here, probably, but he's like a father to me. Uh, Jack Roney. Uh, Jack Roney uh, uh, was my freshman. Uh, football coach at Bishop Mac. He was my sophomore basketball coach. He was a young guy. He was a young guy, 23, 24. We went to chapel. We prayed every day. He was a, he was a very influential in my life. Uh, he's a mentor. I went and saw him a couple weeks ago. Give me a big old bear hug. Um, great man. Um, at Prairie Central, Joe Cliff, Tom Posey. I've talked to Tom on the golf course a couple times. Um, great man, um, Hall of Famer, 
Joe Cliff, he's a legend. Alan Dunahy, my good friend, teaches at the high school still. Uh, good Christian friend. We're best buddies. Uh, he'd do anything for me and vice versa. I cannot leave this interview without talking about four more people. Let's hear it. Marsha Freed, greatest secretary to ever <laughs> be around. She was my rock. She did anything for me, and I'd do anything for her. Becky Webster, uh, oh, yeah. my last part of my career um, there at Prairie Central. They were just great people, and when I'd come back, I'd go see them. Um, we were going to have a little fiesta for a retirement party, but we were never able to do that. So, um, and then Coach Dave Jacobs, I mentioned him earlier. He's a good Christian friend of mine. We started playing Rochester in '99. Uh, he is. He's. Uh, I talked to him on a. I'd say twice twice a week at least. Um, he's a good man, Hall of Famer, um, Kenny and Derek Leonard. I mean, what can I say? Two of the best to ever do it. I'm friends with both of them. And then my wife and my whole family. The coach's wife, if you look at it in the dictionary, see coach's wife, you'll see my wife's picture, Tracy, there. Um, awesome. And, she, you know, she's like, I'll do whatever you got to do. Whatever we got to do. Wherever we got to go. Well, wow. Until, until the business uh, blew up. Oh, once and again, right? Once and again. Yeah, finally once and again. <laughs> um, but... Um, so she was pregnant in, in, in 2000 with Nick and then the situation with Rebecca Ray. Um, but she's everything to me and my daughters and my son. Well, coach Hassett, it's been an honor and a privilege to talk with you today on behalf of a lot of people who have come to know who you are and will surely listen to this episode. Thanks for coming on. Well, thank you, Paul. I appreciate it very much. No pleasure. is all mine. Thank you. And all great things must come to an end. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like and give it a share. And if you're on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. To gain access to exclusive bonus footage from this very episode, become a patron on patreon.com forward slash Paul Garcia. I ask him a lot of great questions that you're going to want to hear the answers to. Thank you to my absolutely wonderful patrons, Anne and Donnie. You guys make this all possible. As always, thank you so much for listening to The Paul Garcia Show. Have a great week, and God bless.